Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to be hanging out in Galatians 5 today. Like I said, I'm kicking off a new series today, a three-part series called The Supernatural Life. The Supernatural Life. Come on, it's been said many times, we're actually supernatural beings just living in a natural body. And, and, and a lot of times, because we live in a natural world, and, 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 and we, we, we can see, touch, smell, you know, all these things around us, we focus sometimes more on the natural than the supernatural, even as born-again believers. So, so I want to share these next few weeks on living the supernatural life. So we're going to start in Galatians 5, verse 13 this morning, and it says this. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Come on, a couple of people got that. You've been called to live in freedom. Listen, as the believer, let me stop. Freedom shouldn't be optional for the believer. We're called to live in freedom. Amen? But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Paul's telling us here clearly, tells the, the, the church in Galatia and telling us the whole, by the Holy Spirit, we're called to live in freedom. We should be living in freedom. Let me pause and let's pray before we go further. Father, we thank you again, what you've already done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. Would you help me, Holy Spirit, as I preach your word today? Would you help us all to receive it and give us the grace to apply it to our lives, that we can walk in the fullness of freedom you've called us to? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, this is actually the second part of our vision. First is to know God. Second is to live free, find your purpose, and to make a difference. And so, listen, I know some people, you may feel like this and you felt that it's hard to, to, to live in, 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 in purity and holiness and free from sin and, and free from sin. Like, man, I've, I've tried, I've wanted, I've prayed, I've fasted, it's hard. But let me hear, let me tell you this morning, I'm here to say we make it hard. We make it harder than it needs to be. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The Bible makes it clear. Listen, we make it harder because this is what we do. We, we, we try to live in freedom according to our standards and according to what we think instead of according to what the Bible tells us. Now, if, if you, you, some of you may be carpenters in here, or maybe you like to build certain things. If not, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not handy with, with building things. I, I used to be a painter, so whenever carpenters build stuff, I can make it pretty. I can prep it and sand it and, 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 and paint it or stain it or whatever. You used to have carpenters that make bad cuts. They're like, hey, man, can you caulk that? I'm like, yeah, my, my, my work is to make, my job is to make your work look good. But I've, I've, I've helped quite a few times my wife hang pictures throughout the house. And as you hang pictures, you can hang a picture and I'll kind of put it where my wife wants it and where, where she wants us to go. And I'll say, babe, does this, does this look good? Does it look pretty straight? And she says, yeah, it looks good. It looks, looks pretty good. And if you know anything about hanging pictures, you haven't done it. It looks good till you put a nail in it and then you actually hang the picture and you step back and you say, I thought that was straight. We, I thought it looked good. And that's why if you're hanging anything or building anything, what do you need? You need a level. Why? Because a level a level don't lie. This bubble right here doesn't lie. Come on, let me let me just check it out and see. Does this does this table level? This table is actually level. It's spot on. See, I can look at this table and see if it if if it you know if it's level with my own eyes. But but the level don't lie. No matter what it may be, you could put it this way if you you're trying to you know build a wall or whatever it is. The level doesn't lie. You see, if you just try to eyeball your life when it comes to freedom. You're making a mistake. 
People try to eyeball their life. And they try to live in, in according uh, to, to their own standards and what they think are now what society's telling them and wonder why they're not living in freedom. See, our level is the word of God. Our level always has been the word of God and always will be the word of God. That's the bubble that keeps us inside of the line is the word of God. Or you could say maybe that the level is the word of God and actually the bubble is the Holy Spirit that helps us stay inside of the line. Amen. People say, well, I think this, or I feel this certain way to justify a sinful lifestyle. We just read it. He said, you're called to live in freedom, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, your sinful desires. Come on, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's read it again. Galatians 5.13, you have been called to freedom, my brothers and sisters. He's talking to Christians, by the way. Let me let that sink in. He ain't talking to the lost. He says, my brothers and sisters, our brethren is what it originally says, right? But he's talking to the church. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You see, a train that goes off the tracks, it's not free. It's devastating. But we feel like sometimes that if we live our lives uh, according to what the word says or are in a certain way inside the bubble on the tracks that we're not free, no. No, it's the opposite is true. A train off the tracks is very devastating to the people on it and to the people around it, right? See, Galatians 3.13 tells us freedom is staying on the tracks. It's staying on the tracks of life, the tracks of the word of God. In Galatians 5, Paul goes on to teach us that true freedom is walking in the spirit. Look at Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't do what your sinful nature craves. Let me ask a question. A lot of you may be like me. After you eat a meal, do you crave something sweet? Do you have a sweet tooth, right? After you eat something, come on, yeah, all of us. I know I see people laughing, pointing at each other. That's me, right? And, and, and we, we, you crave something sweet. But he says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Just as this level will guide you when you're hanging a picture or you're building something, you set it down there, it's going to guide you whether it's straight or not. Again, I can look at it up close if I'm hanging a picture and it looks good. Babe, that looks straight to me. Does it look good to you? Yeah, it looks good. But as soon as you put the level on it, it might not be. See, this verse tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us walk between the lines of life. Now, let me pause and say this. I haven't said it. Again, we, we focus a lot, and this is true. A lot of times, and we have, and we've talked about it, we've had whole weekends, weekend retreats and conferences on freedom and getting free. And yes, you need to be set free. God will set you free from bondages, from demonic strongholds, from addictions. And so that needs to happen first and foremost. I'm hoping maybe some of you, even at this altar this morning, maybe got set free. If you feel like there's something in your life you want us to pray for you, we're going we're gonna to open up the altars again at the end to pray that you would get set free. But today I'm talking about walking in freedom. Okay, my wife is with me on that one. But I'm talking about walking in freedom on here. See, and I think that's part of it is that for years we focused on, 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 on getting set free but not focusing on walking it out after. And Paul's telling us how to walk in freedom, how to, how to live in freedom. Amen? The voice of the Holy Spirit will let you know when you've gotten off, when you've gotten outside the bubble. You see, really, freedom is learning to control your flesh. The New Living says your sinful nature, but every time, maybe in your translation, it talks about the flesh. That's your sinful nature. And, and that's what it's about, helping, asking the Holy Spirit to help you to control your flesh. When the flesh goes unchecked, that's when you get out the bubble. That's when you get off track. 
And see, some people think like this, going back, he's addressing the church. I've heard it with my own ears. Well, I'm free so I can say whatever I want. I'm free so I can drink whatever I want. I'm going to let that one sink in a little bit. I'm free so I can look at whatever I want. I'm free so I can act however I want. See, Galatians 5.13 makes it clear. This is not freedom, brothers and sisters. He says, yes, we have been set free. We're not under legalism. We're not under religiosity anymore. We shouldn't be. But that doesn't give us a green light to satisfy our sinful desires and our sinful nature. And listen, you may say, well, brother, but I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray in the Spirit, all that. That's great. Just because you're saved and filled with the Spirit don't mean you're automatically going to walk in freedom. That's a good start. That's where you have to start. You have to allow the Lord to lead you. But it's not automatic. Just like we talk about sanctification, it's not automatic. You're not just going to just automatically, I'm saved, and then you change overnight. No, it, you, it, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to continually guide you to help put your flesh in check. It's not a one-time thing. You know, I heard a quote that after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, whenever our, our country was attacked by the Japanese, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, they said that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Isn't that good? The price of liberty, of freedom of our country is eternal vigilance. We never thought that would happen in America before then, right? And then whenever 9-11 happened, same thing. We thought, man, you know, right here in New York City, they ran these planes and we never thought it would happen. But what happens when we start lulling ourselves to sleep spiritually speaking and think, well, that can't happen to me. You hear somebody get into some sin or off in the ditch somewhere. Oh, man, that brother, I can't believe that never happened to me. Be careful. The price of freedom, spiritually speaking, is still vigilance. We got to be vigilant in the spirit and by the Holy Spirit to continue to keep our flesh in check. Maybe you have a certain sin you've been delivered from or conquered before, and it's starting to creep back into your life. I've talked about this. Don't play with it. Don't pet it. I use that illustration about those tigers that they tame and lions and all that for those magicians. And then one day it turns around and bites them and they freak out. Dude, it's a lion. It's, it, it's a predator. It's, I don't care how much you tamed it and trained it. It's going to bite eventually. It's going to turn on you. Sin's the same way. It's ready to pounce, whether it's alcohol, drugs, pornography, immorality, anger, jealousy, idolatry. It's ready to pounce if you get outside the lines, if you don't remain vigilant. Again, not in your own strength. Remember, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. In the power of the Holy Spirit, I promise you it's ready to pounce. God warned Cain about this in Genesis, and he's still warning us today. Let's read that, Genesis 4, 7. It says, God speaking to Cain. He says, and if you do... If you do not do well, but ignore my instruction, I'm giving you instruction from the word of God this morning. Sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. He told Cain that years ago, before he killed his brother, and today it's still truth. That was thousands of years ago. Listen, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, sin's still crouching at the door ready to pounce on you. And me, by the way. Because as long as we're living in this natural life, we're going to have temptation and cravings and desires, but we must keep our, our flesh in check by the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit so we can live free. See, this passage in Galatians 5 is Paul talking to Christians and explaining to them that walking in freedom means yielding to the Holy Spirit every day. You notice almost every Sunday, even Wednesday sometimes I come up here, I encourage you, and I did it today. Hey, lift your hands and surrender. Let's surrender afresh to the Lord. See, when you surrender every day, you're yielding to the Holy Spirit again that day. 
You say, man, yesterday I had a great day. Last week I had a great day. Last month it was awesome. I've been walking in freedom. Man, that's awesome. Surrender again today. Because guess what? Today's a new day. And everybody made new battles. You've heard the saying, new levels means new devils, right? You might be in a new level of freedom, but guess what? The enemy ain't going to stop coming after you. But again, Jesus said, I've given you authority over all the powers of the enemy. Amen? We know in the end we can walk in freedom. We, we can win. We do have the victory through the power of the blood of Jesus. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the flesh and the devil so we can live in freedom. So this morning I want to give you three principles of living free. Number one, keep an eye on your enemies. Keep an eye on your enemies. Now, we know that the devil is our enemy, right? Actually, I did a whole series a few years ago called Exposing the Enemy, and it was all about the devil, all about different names and titles that the enemy uh, has and, and different ways he attacks us. So we know that, that the devil himself is our enemy, right? We know that. But Galatians 5.17 tells us we have another enemy, and I've been mentioning it, but let's read now verse 17, Galatians 5.17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants. Remember, sinful nature is the flesh. Your translation may say flesh. Watch this. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Listen, if you're fighting someone in a, in a war, that's your enemy. Isn't that right? It was very clear. I talked about the bombing of Pearl Harbor. It was very clear in World War II who our enemy was. The Germans and the Japanese, right? Very, very clear. In a war, who you're fighting against is your enemy. So Galatians 5.17 tells us that our sinful nature is warring with the Spirit of God. So our sinful nature is our enemy. Amen? Are y'all tracking with me? Your sinful nature and the, the devil are your enemies. You need to keep an eye on your enemy. I heard a story about a boxer. He was in a boxing match, man, and he was getting plummeted. He was getting beat up. I mean, bad for round in and round out. I mean, he got this corner. His eye was swollen, man. He had, a, he had cuts. His nose was bleeding. And uh, the, the corner was trying to encourage him. And he said, man, you're doing great, champ. You're doing great. Keep it up. He hadn't laid a glove on you. And he said, well, y'all better keep an eye on that referee then. Because he's like, somebody's hitting me right here. Somebody's, if he ain't laid a hand on me, somebody's punching. You better keep an eye on that referee. Guess what? You need to keep an eye on your flesh. You need to keep an eye, I better keep an eye on our enemies, amen? It's the enemy, but it's also this fleshly, sinful nature that we have. Yes, it's a, it's a great mystery. A, we, we feel with the Spirit of God, we walk in the Spirit, but we still got this flesh on our body until the day that we die. And we got to keep an eye on our enemy. It's a tug of war. See, the Holy Spirit inside of you is, is pulling you towards freedom and purity. But the flesh and the devil is pulling you towards bondage and sin. Don't play around with the flesh. Just like, again, I don't, I don't see how people play around with tigers and lions and try to tame them, right? Eventually, it's going to bite you. You can see your flesh even working in little things. Let me give you a very common example as our city continues to grow. You could be living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, worshiping, feeling the presence of God. You pull up to that light on Ambassador Caffrey, and the light turns green, and that person don't move. And what you do? Do you lift your hands to praise the Lord? Or do your hand hit that horn for a few seconds? I've learned something, church. Your flesh and the horns connected. Amen? 
That's how you show even in the little things. And look, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Even just the other day, I was in a roundabout and I was looking. I thought I was looking. I was, I'm trying to be safe. And some guy honked at me and he threw his hands up and, and he got in the flesh. But guess what? He threw his hands up and I'm throwing my hands up. Like what? The cars are coming, man. What you, you know, right? So even how we react, you know, my first reaction was not, Oh, Lord, bless that brother. Save him, Lord. Help him. No, I'm like, what you want me to do, man? I got cars coming, right? I promise you, ain't nothing like drag, driving in traffic that'll see if the flesh or the spirits dominating your life. Amen? But listen, church, all joking aside, this is serious. We're in a war every day. We're in a war. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. That means it's a fight each and every day of our lives, right? You know, in Bible times, whenever a foreign army was attacking a city like Jerusalem, which we just went to, they would destroy the food and water supplies outside the city. Uh, again, they would, they, would, they would surround the city and cut off the water and, the, and the, the food supply, right? They would put a city under siege, cut out and knock out or fill in the cisterns. Actually, we just saw a bunch of them while we was in Israel. We saw a bunch of water cisterns. And, man, it's amazing. The, 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 the thousands of years ago, the engineering that went into how they got water and, and, and different types of things. But that's what they would do. They would try to starve out the enemy. When they put a city under siege, they would starve uh, their enemy and try to cut everything off to, 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 to weaken them. So, listen, we need to do the same. What, what should we do as we walk in forward and keep an eye on our enemy? We need to starve our enemies. Okay, a few of y'all got that. We need to starve our enemies. Remove things that the enemy is using to empower your flesh. I just had this thought whenever I first got saved and I was a pothead for 10 years, amongst other things, and addicted to pills and alcohol and all that. And I truly got saved. I walked right down this aisle and I got radically saved and born again right here on a Wednesday night. And I, I, but you know, again, God started delivering me from stuff, but I was still had this urge to go towards smoking weed. I still had a desire to smoke weed. And one day I'm even exercising my apartment. I'm trying to do push-ups. I'm trying to do, and I'm praying that God would help me to, to, to deliver me from smoking weed. But I'm listening to a song that's talking about smoking weed. Y'all know, it's, that's pretty dumb, right? And, and in that moment, it's like the Lord popped me upside my head and said, hey, you're, 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 you're asking me to deliver you, but you're feeding yourself. The same things that, that to give into the flesh that would make you want to desire to do this. I know it seems crazy. And then finally I got like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. I got rid of all that music and all that stuff, right? What is it? What is it that's feeding your flesh? Maybe certain apps on your phone? I'm going to just let that one sit there for a minute. Your iPad, maybe on your computer, your laptop, maybe certain things in your house. Maybe the stuff you're reading and looking at on Facebook. Maybe people that you're friends with on Facebook. Just because your high school sweetheart friend requested you don't mean you have to accept it. Okay, I'm meddling now. Listen, I'm serious, guys. That's how people get in trouble. You don't have to accept everybody's friend requests, especially if it could jeopardize your marriage or your relationship. You might want to go through your contacts, even on your phone or your, your Instagram and Facebook. You might need to clean that out. That might be feeding the flesh. What is it? Whatever it may be, I can go a long list. What are you giving the flesh strength with? You got to starve your enemies, whatever that is, whatever that temptation is. And I use myself as an illustration. It was TV shows and movies I was watching that I just kept watching after I got saved. But then, see, the Holy Spirit guided me to stop listening to that stuff. I remember sitting in my apartment watching, lived by myself after I got saved. And I was truly saved and I was watching something and the Holy Spirit would convict me to stop watching that. 
Nobody came. Nobody was asking me. No, I was listening to the Spirit. And he began to convict me to get those things out because I truly wanted to grow. The God was setting me free. I wanted to live free. So I was open to the Holy Spirit. What do I need to get rid of in my life? And it ended up being all of my music, almost everything I was watching, all these TV shows and movies. And now, again, we didn't have social media and all that back then. But we do today, even more so. Listen, if you got to delete every social media app off your phone to live free, then that's what you need to do. Amen? Listen, y'all, we need to not only starve the enemy, we need to feed our faith. You know, the average Christian now is going to church one out of four Sundays a month. Y'all, that's not going to cut it in a war. That's not good enough to win a war. One out of four Sundays. And I wonder when it comes down and week in and week out, we're encouraging you to seek the Lord in your personal time by getting in the word and studying the Bible and praying and worshiping. I wonder what the average Christian, how much time spends in the word. That's just a stat I heard recently. Listen, y'all, we need to we need to be in the word. We need to listen to the word of God. Listen to worship music. Like even as you're getting ready, like this morning, as part of my my Sunday morning routine, a lot of mornings. You know, even when I'm getting ready and I'm 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 you know taking a shower and getting dressed, man, I have worship music on. Even though I'm not sitting down or standing up with my eyes closed, it's still there's worship rolling around in me, getting ready for the day. Just that feeds your faith. Amen. I mean, listen, don't don't turn on Fox News and CNN first thing in the morning. Don't listen to that noise first thing. Or don't go, go read something on Facebook or, or social media. No, you're feeding your flesh first thing in the morning. Because I promise you, I don't care what news network you, you, you watch, something's going to aggravate you when you watch it. I don't know about you, something always aggravates me. It could be local, national, whatever. It always aggravates me when I, I watch the news. And that's why I very seldom watch the news anymore. Right? Even like at night, I used to wind down watching the local news. Now I'm just like... Bad news, bad news, this, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm trying to, you know, it's true. The last thing you should do before you go to bed, even if it's just read the verse of the day on, on you version right before you go to sleep. That made the last thing you put in you is the word of God before you close your eyes and go to bed. Amen. That's ways to feed your faith. Also, listen, we just kicked off our life groups, life group lunch. Man, get connected into a life group if you're not. Get disciple. Maybe you're a young believer. Maybe this is right where you're at and you, 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 you want to get free. You want to live in freedom and you need to get connected. Let some brothers and sisters that are further along than you help you to walk with you so you can live and walk in freedom. Amen? Because sometimes we think it's the Holy Spirit and it's good to have brothers around. It's like, man, I feel like the, the Lord's telling me this. And you need somebody to say, man, I, I believe that is the Lord or, or to say, Nah, brother, that ain't the Lord right there. That's that pizza you ate last night that you hit. That, that ain't the Holy Spirit. You need somebody to come alongside. Have godly conversations. Amen? Man, my mom was so good at this. She would tell me about how she would hear conversations, even in church, going on, and she'd just walk away. She's like, I don't even entertain that. People talking bad about other people or something. My mom was so good at that. She would hear that, and she'd just move on. She'd walk away from it. Why? Because she wasn't trying to feed her flesh. She was trying to feed her faith. Amen? So we need to keep an eye on our enemies. Number two, stay attuned to your actions. Stay attuned to your actions. This is all coming right out of Galatians 5 here. Let's go on. This is what's known. Now Paul begins to talk about the works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 and 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, right? What is, what is living free? Not following the desires of your sinful nature. Not, not living uh, to, to please the sinful nature. He says, when you do this, the results are very clear. How do I know I'm living in the flesh? He, he goes on the list. It's sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, uh-oh, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. 
He gives us an extensive list and he said, that ain't all of them. Other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. When people say, oh man, everybody's going to heaven. That's not what I read. People that live an outright lifestyle like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, some people say, man, the devil's been busy working in my life. No, you've been busy. You've been busy giving in to the desires of the flesh. Yes, the enemy works on that, but man, we blame the devil for our own decisions to give in to that craving. Amen? And the results are clear, right? When you got that craving for that sweet tooth and you eat it after, the results are clear. You can look at me and see my midsection that I've been eating sweets after I eat, right? The results are clear. You can see it. I don't, I don't even have to tell you. Like, brother, I can tell you got a sweet tooth, right? But the Bible makes it clear the results are clear here, right? See, and that's why I'm preaching this today, church. Those of you that are saved and born again, those of you that watch and maybe not be, it's because I want you to inherit the kingdom of God in this life and throughout all eternity. There's things we inherit of the kingdom now, amen, in the kingdom of God right now, right? That, and we talked about that. We talked about that in Hebrews, that the whole series in Hebrews, right? That there's certain inheritance, right? Canaan was not a picture of heaven. Canaan is the promised land. There's inheritance that's here on the earth, but there's also an eternal inheritance, the kingdom of God that's going to last forever. Amen? How do you know? Put a level on your actions. Go down Galatians right there and see. Is these things operating in my life? Remember, that's the word of God. That's, that's our level, right? Holy Spirit's the bubble that keeps us in between. Don't, don't just like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, that's probably shouldn't be doing that, but it's all right. I probably shouldn't be doing that, but it's okay. You know, my, my mama did that, my daddy did that, and, you know, and, and here's the big one. Man, I see a lot of other Christians doing that too. Other Christians ain't the level, y'all. The Bible's the level. Some other Christians can. There's a lot of good brothers and sisters in this church, in other churches. Our brother, Pastor Sidney. There's a lot of brothers that can show you, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But there's other Christians that are out there, and their level looks like this somewhere. It's cockeyed. And like, oh, yeah, no, that looks right. Look, they doing that. That bubble ain't even in the, it's coming, trying to get off the line on the, all the way on the side. The word of God is our level. Amen. Put a level on your actions. Be honest with yourself if you're operating outside the lines. Let's go through them quickly. Actions and sexuality. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, wandering eyes. A lot of this is for guys. A lot of times guys, wandering eyes. It's not just for guys, but women too, right? Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. I never cheated on my wife. What about with your eyes? Job 31.1 says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. Gentlemen, we need to make a covenant with our eyes and ladies. Right? Amen? Wondering eyes is an example. Like, what does that mean? It doesn't always have to be a full-on blown affair. It could be with your eyes, right? It could be with inappropriate touching, wrong attractions, flirting, or any form of arousal. Is sexual morality. Let me remind you, sexual morality refers to any sexual activity outside of a monogamous marriage between one man and one woman. Anything outside of that, physically, emotionally, mentally, what you see is sexual immorality. Listen, y'all, you can't eyeball morality. And I mean, not, not, like, I'm talking, you gotta put the level on it. You can't eyeball it and say, oh, that's not a big deal. That's not that big of a deal, no. What does the level say? What does the word of God say? Right? You can't eyeball morality. 
Next, he goes into idolatry. Verse 20 says, idolatry and sorcery, or witchcraft is another uh, word for that. He starts with the physical about sexual morality. Now he moves into the spiritual. Idolatry, which is the worship of false gods, was common in Galatia and was often accompanied by sorcery and sexual immorality. So he's combining these things here. Idolatry is, is when something becomes addictive to us, like money, possessions, work, recreation, could be food. Could be anything. Things that consume us and takes God's place in our heart. It don't have to be bowing down to a statue anymore or to an idol. It can be something, again, that's not even necessarily bad, but it takes God's place in your life and it becomes addictive. Then he goes on to sorcery. Sorcery still happening today is control, trying to control people with curses, hexes, and things like that. Also, tarot cards, fortune telling, palm reading, Ouija boards, these kind of things. Isn't it amazing? Things like Ouija boards have been sold for years as a kid's board game. Y'all, if you have a Ouija board in your house, get rid of that thing as soon as you get home and pray and anoint that thing with a bucket of oil in your house. Get rid of that. All like fortune tellings and all that, man, they have all these, I saw shows about medians and all kind of stuff like that. And, and some people, I've even heard Christians over the years, yeah, well, but I just got a gift and stuff too. Okay, hold on. Acts 16, 16 and 19. One day, we were going down to the place of prayer. We met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. You ever wonder where fortune tellers get their power? There you go. Acts 16. She followed Paul and the rest of them shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated, he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. This shows you it was the demon spirit that gave her the ability to tell the future. Listen, you, y'all, and you may be new to the faith, you may be walking, and, and, and listen, stay away from all that stuff. Astrology, looking at the stars to tell your future, all those signs and all that kind of stuff, listen, that's all demonic. If it ain't the Holy Spirit, it's a demon spirit. Amen? Unless somebody's got a word from you, a prophetic word in Jesus' name to glorify God, it's a demon spirit. Amen? Next, actions in our relationships. Verse 20, it says, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, and division. All these describe relational conflict. Hostility and quarreling. Man, have you noticed our society has become more hostile than ever before? There's more quarreling amongst even brethren on, 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 online, especially online. Profanity. Man, I, 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 I'm going to just shoot straight with you. I, I've seen profanity slide into the church like I've never seen it before. Christians are so comfortable with cursing nowadays, and it's sad. And this is part of what it's talking about. Y'all, it's, you're not free to just walk around cussing. That's your flesh. It's not the spirit of God. The Bible makes it clear not to use any profane language, any perverse talk. Amen? What kind of witness are we being when we sound like the world? Oh, no, but I'm free, brother. Don't judge me. No, you're not free to carry out your good intentions, which I don't know how custom would be a good intention anyway. Some people say, yeah, but I'm connecting with the world. No, you're not. You're not connecting with the world. You're acting like the world. All right, let me get off of that. Anger and yelling. 
right? Look, I get it. I, I, we, there's a lot, I, I know when my flesh is acting up. I, I, I can, I tend to get angry. I tend to do, I told you about the honking of the horn and stuff. But man, in person or on social media, I heard a pastor recently say he ended up just getting off of social media altogether. He's like, I'm just, I don't want that in my spirit again. And all this fighting and quarreling and anger, it's of the flesh. People say, man, I just wanted to give him a piece of my mind. No, that, you gave him a piece of your flesh is what you did. And that's what it is, guys. And, and I just seen these things over, over the years. Look, we all struggle. I struggle. I'm, I'm preaching to myself, but let's stop justifying it. Amen. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's not say, cause that's where we started. He said, you're, don't use your freedom to indulge in your, your sinful desires. Stop justifying sin and the flesh and let's walk in freedom, church. Amen. Maybe it's deep jealousy or envy over other people's success. Or maybe competition or deep divisions. Again, man, it's heartbreaking. Even in the church, man, you get church splits and people are divided. And I get it, man. Even in this church, you might, we may think theologically a little different here and there. That's okay, man. I, I've had people come and go. I've got brothers at other churches that theologically don't line up exactly with me, but they're still my brother. They're still my sister. Again, we're going to have churches and denominations with different theological backgrounds packing out this house to all worship God. That's what the kingdom of God is about. We don't have to have these deep divisions. Okay, we, we agree to disagree on that, and that's all right. But we can keep it moving and still serve the Lord together. We don't have to get into this big quarreling and fight and have church bits about it. Amen? And then actions and addictions. Last two he lists is drunkenness and wild parties. Drunkenness has no place in the Christian life, church. No place in the Christian life. The term wild parties were festivals in honor of pagan gods and were often accompanied by drunken orgies. That's, that's the word that the NIV and others would use. See, anytime there's substance abuse and partying environments, there will be a, uh, these sins listed and like he said, other sins like these. When you, people are playing with fire. Listen, and I, I get it. I, I, I've never addressed this from the pulpit, I don't think, since I've been the pastor, but I, since I'm here. And, and I get it. Some people are like, oh, man, I could have a, a drink here and there, and it's okay. And yeah, and, and I get all that. But I just, I'm, I'm hearing even pastors losing their churches because of alcoholism. Because it started with a glass of wine at dinner here and there and turned into full-blown alcoholism. I just believe very clearly Proverbs tells us you're playing with fire. I believe, and from my lifestyle, from where I came from, and obviously in my leadership position, I don't want to have anything to do with that, man. So you need to be careful. There's no place of any, and it could be, again, addiction. I'll share my, my addiction. It could be weed. It could be pills. It could be something else. We got CR, man, that'll help you to walk in freedom specifically for that. Celebrate recovery every Friday night at 7 o'clock. So stay attuned to your actions. When your actions are lining up with these verses, it's called the works of the flesh. It's not just a little hiccup or a little, uh, uh, you know, just a, a, little, a little issue in my life. Yeah, I got these issues. No, call, let's call a spade a spade. Like, it's not that bad. It used to be like that, but, but we can do that now. What does the level say? Open your Bible. Go to Galatians 5 and see what the level says. Amen? And third and final thing is pay attention to your attitudes. Now, now this goes into, let's look at the fruit of your attitude should show the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he goes into the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Many of you can quote this verse. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you and to help you. 
For example, whether it be, you know, alcohol or something, maybe you understand, yeah, Brandon, I'm done. Like me, I'm done with any kind of substance abuse or alcohol or any of that. You need to replace it with something. Listen, you're going to fill yourself up with something. If it used to be drugs and alcohol, if it used to be immorality or pornography, and you stop that, you got to replace it with something. You're going to fill yourself up with something. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19, that's why it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I love this. We normally stop there, and we do. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He gives you power, gifts, the gifts of praying in tongues, all these things. But I love this. He goes on to say, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Amen? See, part of being, we, we talk about surrendering to the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe the more we worship, not just on Sunday and Wednesday, the more we worship, the more we fill with the Holy Spirit. The more the Holy Spirit's filling you and flowing through your life, and the less you're giving in to the works of the flesh. We need to have spirit-filled attitudes. Let's go down these. In our circumstances, break it down into three different sections here. Our circumstances, love instead of hatred, joy, not depression. I don't know if you know this. You don't have to live with depression the rest of your life. God wants to set you free so you can walk in joy and not depression. Amen? Peace and not fear. You don't have to live in fear all your life. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, I was reading in John 16 this morning, and two things specifically in John 16, Jesus mentions that joy and peace would come when the Holy Spirit would come. And then later Paul saying, hey, these are some of the fruits of the Spirit. So are you walking in love or hatred? Are you, are you okay? Are, have you been just justifying or okay with living with depression or fear? Don't be. Let God set you free and walk in that freedom of the Holy Spirit. That's our circumstance. What about our attitude towards others? Patience, not sharpness. Come on, I'm going to need y'all to pray with me about this one. Come on, help me, Lord. I know about you, patience isn't my strong point. My wife's looking at me with a very gracious smile right now. How many of y'all can relate to me on this? Amen? Right? But patience instead of sharpness. Kindness, not rudeness. Man, I just wonder how powerful of a witness it would be when everybody else around us is being rude. We're just kind to people. We just smile at people and you walk in that kindness. And goodness, not selfishness. Being good to people. Serving people. You remember he said, don't use your freedom to, to, to give into your, your, your fleshly sinful nature, but use your freedom to serve one another in love. Goodness is being good towards others, being selfless towards others. You know, I just want to honor Tara one more time. As we were at the service yesterday and they had a eulogy and, and Eric, her husband Eric, talked about her and Brother Gary as well. And, and many friends came up. And the common thread about Tara was that she was selfless. Isn't that right, Eric? And she was always thinking of other people. And she wasn't thinking of herself. People had a bad, he said she wouldn't spend a lot, a lot of money on her clothes because she was always looking to buy somebody else something. She was selfless, right? And that's such a great example. And then now towards others, our attitude towards others. Faithfulness, not flakiness. Amen. I will, brother. I will preach. Faithfulness, not flakiness. I've seen this over the years as well, too. And this is good, man. We want people to be on fire. But man, I've seen people serve the Lord. They get on fire for a month and man, they ready to conquer the world. Next month, they backslidden. And it's good. It's good to be on fire. You need to stay on fire. But listen, it's better to be faithful. And I'm not saying not be on fire, but some people are like, like on fire, and like over spiritual. Like I'm going to read 42 chapters a day. I'm like, why don't you start with one? Let's try, start there. And that's great. I'm going to fast for 40 days, no food or water. Man, why don't you start three days, maybe skip a meal. Start there. 
And I'm not saying not to do those things, but what I'm saying is it's better to be faithful day in and day out. Are y'all tracking with me? Because again, I want, I, I, as a young man sitting in this church that just recently got back on fire for the Lord and somebody tried to quench his fire and say, oh yeah, you just, you're at your peak right now. You're going to come down. And it broke my heart because he's very close to me. And I was like, no, he ain't going to come down. He's going to keep soaring. Amen. So let's hear me out on that. I'm not saying not to, but what I'm saying is be faithful every day. Be faithful in the little things. I, I think about when Paul's talking to Timothy, his, his spiritual son, a young pastor, he's like, Timothy, all these things I taught you, all the things I instilled in you, he said, now turn around and entrust them to faithful men. He didn't say anointed men. He didn't say influential men. He said, entrust them to faithful men. Pastor Todd taught me this. You know, day in and day out, you know, when we, we're seeking the Lord and serving the Lord, we're talking about being guided by the Spirit. Sometimes, y'all, even as the pastor, I sit down to spend time with the Lord in the morning. I read, I pray, I worship, and I don't feel no more spiritual than the man in the moon. My, my thoughts are all over the place. But guess what? I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to do it again the next day. And I'm going to do it again the next day. And I'm going to do it. And eventually what happens is as he, he, my pastor taught me, the anointing has a compounding effect. You continue to be faithful. Now we're talking about walking in freedom and walking in the spirit. You do that day in and day out. I struggled for a while. I went back and drank a little bit and smoked a little bit of weed after I got saved. But guess what? Every time I did it, I repented. And every day I got up and I prayed and I worshiped. I came here every time the doors opened. I fasted. I came to this altar for prayer. Day in and day out, I remained faithful. And after a couple of months, God has set me free and I'm still free. Amen? And I'm not trying to brag on myself. I'm bragging on God. Faithfulness. What does that mean? Faithfulness, not flakiness. Amen? Gentleness, not being rough. And then self-control. Not being out of control. Come on, this world is out of control, y'all. People are out of control. Have you noticed? People get, now they, they got keyboard warriors that feel like they can say and do whatever they want. And they are out of control. I've even heard people say, man, I just couldn't control myself. That means you're being controlled by the flesh. I just, man, I knew I shouldn't have did that, but, but, but I couldn't control myself. No, you can't control yourself, but the Holy Spirit can help control you. If you yield to him and you surrender to him day in and day out. We don't have to live also, again, in hatred, depression, fear, selfishness, or any of these. If we surrender to the Holy Spirit, he'll continue to lead us. He'll empower us to produce love, joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. As I wrap it up and close today, let's continue reading Galatians 5, 24 and 25. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? Y'all, this ain't a self-help message right here. This is you got to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you need to be set free from something, we'll pray for you in a minute. That God delivers you and sets you free. But then to live free, you got to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit through His Word. Amen? One more thing before we wrap it up. Galatians 6, 1 says this, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual. What does that mean to be spiritual? Watch just how the Amplifier says. That is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, which we've been talking about all morning, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with the sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you're not tempted as well. See, anyone can get outside the lines. Amen? Anyone can get out of the bubble. We shouldn't judge them. We should restore them. I'm talking about somebody that's messed up and repented and said, man, I I messed it up. I'm struggling here, but I want to live free. Let's not judge them. Let's help restore them. 
Amen? I know I messed up, but I'm so thankful that when I've messed up and I've gone to my pastor's office, he's helped restore me or my wife or whoever else. People that help restore you, not judge you. Amen? If you're honest with yourself today, as we wrap it up, you may say, man, I thought I was free, Brandon, but, but reading that, especially the works of the flesh, I feel like I'm, I'm bound to my flesh and my desires and my appetites, my wrong relationships. You may say today, man, Brandon, I need freedom. I need the Holy Spirit to help me to walk in freedom. Well, you know what? It all starts with the Lord Jesus on the cross. You know, he paid the highest price for you to be free. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. It all started when Jesus shed his blood on the cross for us. He purchased our freedom from sin and bondage. And he forgave us of our sins. But maybe today you're in here and, and that's where it starts. You're not even walking with the Lord. I tried to quit doing drugs and alcohol and, and all this other in, ungodly, immoral lifestyle I was living. But it wasn't until I got up that night, sitting right over there, and walked down to this aisle and surrendered my life to Christ. That's where freedom came. That's where freedom began. If you try to live in freedom on your own, you're going to continue to get into more bondage. But if you surrender your life to Christ, confess your sins, surrender your life over to he will set you free, and then the Holy Spirit will help you to walk in freedom. Would you bow your heads with me? Just bow your head and close your eyes. Respect for others and reverence for the, for, for, for the Lord. If you say, Brandon, you know what? I, I've, I, I've been trying to do it on my own, man, and I, I, haven't, I haven't surrendered my life to Christ. Again, Brother Gary, he shared yesterday about Tara and about how Tara had became born again, and she gave her life to Jesus, and everybody was testifying. And I know it gives her husband and her family great peace. We know where she's at because Tara made a decision to give her life to Christ. What about you? What if your serve, your memorial service was coming up soon? Where would you be spending eternity? If you're not sure, you say, man, Brandon, I'm not sure. I'm not as confident as, and, and, as Tara was. Even Eric said she had peace the last few weeks of her life. If you say, Brandon, today I need to get right with the Lord. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. That's you. Just slip up your hand. Even if you watch it online, say, that's me. That's me. I, I need to give my life to Christ. Ma'am, I see your hand over here. Sir, over here. Anybody else? Hands still going up. Thank you, Jesus. I see you all over there in the back. Ma'am, in the back. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, that word believe means to, to trust. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Those of you with your hands raised, even if you're watching online and as a family, can we pray this together? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for purchasing my freedom with your blood on the cross. I know that I've sinned, Lord, and I repent of my sin. I turn to you today, and I surrender my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me, and thank you for helping me by the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life of freedom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, can we rejoice with these this morning that made that decision? Amen. If you made a decision, fill out the connection card in the chair in front of you. You watch it online. Fill out the link. Uh, click the link there to fill out. Why don't you stand up with me? And again, if I get the pastors and the altar workers, I didn't. I didn't plan on doing an altar call this morning. I, I didn't. I sensed the Holy Spirit lead me during worship to do that. And so. So I, I want the pastor and all the workers to come up because maybe you need, you need prayer for freedom. You need to first get set free. Maybe you just got saved for the first time. And like me, you're in bondage or something. You want somebody to pray. Maybe you have some demonic strongholds in your life. And we want to pray for you. And so you can go ahead and make, begin to make your way to the altar right now. For the rest of us, come on. Can we, can we continue to ask the Lord to help us, to lead us that we walk in freedom? 
Let's ask him right now, Holy Spirit, would you continue to help us to walk in freedom, to live in freedom, to, to allow the Holy Spirit, to God our lives. Holy Spirit, would you guide us? That, Lord God, we put, Lord God, our lives on the level of the Word of God. Holy Spirit, show us, guide us every day when we're, when we're operating in the flesh instead of walking in the fruits of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh, fresh power, fresh anointing, that there be breakthrough, help, wholeness, and live, and, and, and wholeness and freedom that we can walk and live in a life of freedom. I thank you, Father. Would you bless these today as they go? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. Pastor Sidney will be in the lobby if you want to talk to him. Men, Wild Game Cookout Friday. We love you. We're excited. See you soon. If you need prayer for anything, go ahead and come down.